Alright y'all, good morning, this is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you say what you want as long as you got them facts. We have a lot to get into uh, this morning. Good morning, by the way. So let's go ahead and get into it. I do have a word on the street segment. And I finally wanted to um, give my thoughts on all these incidents going on um, revolving violence in Asian people. And... Um, Recently, I've seen a couple incidents. I've read about a couple incidents. And um, also, you know, wanted to talk about both sides. I don't want to sound like uh, Trump in this uh, situation, but um, there is a kind of two-side thing to to this story. But it all comes to the, to the point of our dysfunction and our hate or whatever they say we have for each other, whatever they're trying to label right now, is is their way of controlling both of us. Now, when we both when we both understand that as blacks and Asians, we will be saved. That is what I will start off by saying. Uh, but recently, within the past week, I've seen a couple things uh, that really made me want to say something. And. Um, for one, there was this attack in Baltimore with this grown older man, Daryl Doles. Uh, he gets charged with two counts of um, aggravated assault after attacking two women, ages 66 and 67, with a cinder block at a store they were working at. They were just closing up. Doles would wrestle with the woman <clears throat> and begin to hit them with a the cinder block. Now, this is all on camera. Both women were treated for non-life-threatening injuries. One of the victims uh, received 25 stitches. Of course, he hasn't been charged yet. And there's a couple things that I'm going to have issues with as well. Um, now, if you see the footage of this, you will understand this is this is unacceptable. Now. With that being said, on the flip side, the Asian track record with black people isn't perfect as well. Now, we can look at some situations domestically. We can also look at some situations abroad, such as in China, where black students have been, um, well, victimized and brutalized, for lack of better words. Also, in Chinese cities during the coronavirus, black tenants were thrown out on the street because of the, of the Chinese government's belief that, well, they're they're the ones that are sick. Despite, of course, what you know, a lot of the mainstream is telling us, and of course, different than what the American, you know, science is saying, right? Now, with that being said, there's two there's and that's wrong. There's also situations in Africa where corporations, Chinese corporations. Uh, funded, of course, <clears throat> by their communist government, is also doing these same type of um, brutal practices. Now they're antagonizing people. They're, you know, attacking. They were attacking certain tenants in their properties. Again, they were throwing tenants out on the street. And this is also in Africa, where they control these properties, where they control these businesses. So, again, and we already know, you know, we already know the trope. We, it goes back in our community, the black American community, about, you know, the Asian story. Yeah. Okay. Now, again, if we get beyond that, 
and get beyond the bullshit. If we break it down, that's all propaganda. Just like today, just like the attack prompted in Baltimore, in New York City, where some random black woman decides to attack an Asian woman with a hammer, she has to go to the hospital. Even in that, uh, San Francisco, where again, it's so liberal, it's so, you know, great. You know, this guy stabs two elderly women in their 80s on a bus. They were waiting on the bus. They're still, they're still in critical condition. That's all based on propaganda because the last president had you thinking it's their fault that they brought this this illness here. When I'm telling you, real science is telling you that it didn't. It actually started in Europe. Okay? And they keep trying to bring up these strains and trying to attach them to black people and other Asians and subs, you know, darker Asian casts and groups. You got to watch that shit. You got to watch that shit at play. Oh, blacks are more at risk than this. Blacks are... How? When the people that were getting it originally were the ones that were traveling to these areas where they supposedly started. Hmm. Not to say that black people don't travel, but come on. Come on now. Let's be let's be real here. Let's let's talk let's talk about I mean, again, it's propaganda. Just like, you know, how there's situations uh, such as in the eighties where, like I said, Chinese city, uh, by the name of Guangxu and if I'm pronouncing this wrong, forgive me, but blacks were forced to undergo COVID testing last year. They were forced. They were forced into 14 days quarantines as well as being evicted from their homes. Hmm. Ain't that something? Now, don't think that that doesn't have a ripple effect here at some point, too. Also, uh, like I said, uh, in the 1988 at a big university like I said it was a race riot they gathered at a, a university dormitory and attacked African students why because there was a story going around that they had kidnapped some girl which was not true and again there's already racial connotations that are negative about Africans and black people in general okay now we can sit there and say black is not a race it's it's not but it's a it's an amalgamation of a lot of different people who all get treated like shit and who's tired of taking it. And I get it. But attacking 60-year-old women and 80-year-old women ain't going to get you there. You know who you need to be holding accountable? Kamala Harris as well. Why are you not calling her out for not pushing no legislation about these police killings? She obviously put something out for these Asian folk. Now, mind you, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. But I also do think that that is also a, a way for the powers that be to create even more dysfunction because it's like, oh, well, they getting something while well, we can't get something. I already know how they play the game. You got to you gotta peep those things at this point, guys. I'm here to uh, help expose those things. Now, you got people talking about the truth and some people are talking about the truth related to the left. You're talking about the, the truth with, related to people that are on the right. Their truths are their truths. I'm not here to argue those. But uh, there's a there's even a truth further beyond that that's beyond those confines. And um, bottom line is there's no excuse for us attacking anybody, uh, especially because we'll turn around and look at what we were doing across the summertime last summer because police were shooting at us. We are the main people 
uh, that that have endured these types of situations. Uh, so to, for us to be turned around and getting, so basically what we're doing right now, I'm calling it out like I see it, is that we're 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 treating people in the same way that we're still complaining about today. You know what I mean. So you, we need to let that shit go. If it takes some black leaders sitting down and talking to some Asian leaders, then that's perfectly fine. That's that's actually that's probably one of the best solutions we got right now. And to, and to see what we can do to not only cease what we have going on right now, but to turn on to our, turn our uh, attention to the real enemy, which is not each other, and which is what the both powers that be are kind of pushing. It's funny how uh, the Demo- even the Democrats like Kamala Harris are trying to say, oh, well, racism isn't real right now. Racism isn't there. But obviously, you got these group of people being attacked because of their race, because of race related propaganda that was pu- that was pushed throughout the entire presidency for four years so if that's not prejudice if that's not racist then again we're gonna have to go back to the drawing board i think we're losing the battle um all right y'all i'm gonna take a break on that when we come back we're gonna break down some sports uh we're gonna check in on the nba uh we are getting near the end of the season about a week a week's worth of games left we are gonna go over what happened over the weekend take a look at the standings as of today monday also go over some news there as well and then we're also going to go over some mlb action uh over the weekend standings some news headlines to go over there just a couple and then uh buy some boxing just a little bit of boxing to go over and if i can fit it in um i'm gonna try to go over some aaron Rodgers. my thoughts on aaron Rodgers. so like i said a little bit jam-packed i'm gonna have to rush a little we'll see i don't want to rush it uh but we'll see what we have uh got going forward so i'll be right back y'all everybody was Alright y'all, let's get back into it. Uh, let's get into the NBA real quick. And we have a couple of headlines to go over, starting with the Pelicans and their big star Zion Williamson will be out. Uh, he will be out indefinitely. Uh, he did uh, hurt his pinky uh, on his shooting hand. Um, well, it wasn't his pinky, but it was his ring finger. Uh, but uh, like I said, he did have, he had to have a CT scan. Um, the Pelicans are currently 30 and 36. Course, they're two games out of the, you know, the tenth spot, uh, so they're probably not going to make it to the playoffs. But uh, Zion is average, was averaging 27 points per game, seven uh, over seven rebounds, and also three assists. Um, the owner, or I'm sorry, the GM, I'm not, I can't remember his name. It was a, I think if it's Ryan Griffin or ah, something like that. Uh, but um, he was out. He was actually fined by the NBA recently for kind of speaking out against uh, the NBA officiating. Uh, referring to Williamson because again uh, he and many others uh, and actually through what I've seen I think maybe he has some somewhat of a point uh, where uh, there's a lot of fouls that don't get called on him and he gets fouled a lot um, apparently he gets fou- uh, fouled pretty hard as well so um, I also I mean I, I do kind of side with the coach um, it's just a, a fortunate event for Zion 
um, and the Pelicans who were kind of in the mix trying to get that last spot, but you know, that might not happen now. Uh, but moving on, let's check up on the MVP race. race. And for some reason, uh, I don't know why, I've been watching the same basketball you guys have, uh, but somehow CP3 has made it into the discussion. CP3, I mean, I don't get it. He's averaging 16 points a game, over 8 to 6, which is fine. Uh, he does lead the league in free throw percentage. Cool. Uh, yeah, the Suns have a 47 and 19 record. I mean, that's good, uh, but that's a team thing. I don't know if that's all because of him. Uh, they are one game back from the lead in the Western Conference, which they could or could not get. Um, Actually, I think they might be one and a half games back at this point. The Suns uh, score more points in 100%, uh, sorry, more points per 100 possessions with Paul. Uh, that's something that is going for him. But at the same time, I, I just don't I just don't really see it compared with somebody like Nikola Jokic, who's averaging over 26. He's averaging over 10 rebounds, also eight assists. He's getting over eight assists as well, just like CP3. Uh, he's also his team is fourth in the West. Uh, they are fourth ga uh, four games away from the lead. Uh, sorry, away from the lead. The uh, lead though at this point, uh, which is a few games left. Uh, fun fact about Jokic, and he has a he averages more points a game, has a better three point percentage and a true shooting percentage than Chris Paul. I don't really see why this is a discussion. I'm not even too sure too sure why Chris Paul would be placed over somebody like a Damian Lillard, who's also averaging somewhere between the high 20s. Uh, he's actually uh, in their three-game winning streak. He's been averaging about 30 points uh, per game in those games. So um, you also got even KD, who quiet as is kept, um, is still averaging his you know prime-like numbers. I know he's definitely first or second team all NBA. I know people are sleeping on him, but he's still doing his thing just like Kyrie. I wouldn't say both of them are in the MVP mix per se, uh, but you also got um, who else would I put? Steph. I think that's the biggest one. Um, I, I I mean, if especially with you know what he did over the weekend, 49 points in 20-some minutes. Actually, under 30 minutes though, so um, yeah, he's even in the mix way more so than I would look at, you know, before I looked at CP3 this season. Um, I guess because he's went through so much, uh, you know, people, the fans seem to like him, you know, the critics seem to like him. Uh, I, I, I just don't see it. That's just me. But uh, moving on, uh, let's get into uh, the scores from last night. A lot of action. Um, starting off in the Eastern Conference, uh, we got the Heat getting it done against the Celtics, 130-124. to 124. Uh, The Heat are 37-31. The Celtics are, t uh, sorry, I think it's 20, sorry, 35-33. and 33. So they've completely kind of fallen off the rails uh, at this point in the season. For the Heat, they were led by Jimmy Butler, 26 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds. Duncan Robinson would also help out with 22 points as well. Uh, for the Celtics, they got 30 points out of Evan Fournier. I have not heard that name since NBA 2K14. Jason Tatum, uh, 29 points from him, 6 rebounds, sorry, 6 assists and 5 rebounds. Uh, moving on, I think the upset of the night, the Knicks get it done against the Clippers, 106 uh, to 100. 38, uh, sorry, 38 and 30 is the Knicks' current record. The Clippers are 40, uh, I believe that's 44 and 23. We'll get to the standings in just a second. Don't hold me to that. Uh, Derrick Rose had 25 points last night and 8 assists coming off of the bench. Uh, Reggie Bullock uh, would have 24 points, 3 assists, and 4 rebounds for the Knicks. And for the Clippers, they were led by, of course, Kawhi with 29 points, 3 assists, and 4 rebounds. 
Paul George would get 18 points and four assists, as well as two rebounds as well. The Mavs get it done against the, the Cavs, 124 to 197. The Pelicans get it done against the Hornets, even without Zion, 112 to 110. The Timberwolves get a blowout win against the Magic, 128 to 96. The Bulls get it done against the Pistons, 108 to 96. And the Kings blow out the Thunder, 126 to 98. The game of the night, the Lakers uh, getting it done against the Suns, 123-110. to 110. Um, Again, blowout. Um, was not expecting this one. Uh, the Lakers move up to 38-30. The Suns are 48-20. For the Suns, that were led by Cameron Payne, 24 points off of the bench. Devin Booker would have 21 points and 6 rebounds. Um, the Lakers, they were led by, of course, Anthony Davis, had a beast mode performance, 42 points, 5 assists, and 12 rebounds. Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Alex Caruso will both get 17 points. Caruso would add 8 assists and 3 rebounds to that. And uh, there was also two players, other players for the to, for the Lakers in double digits. A couple takeaways from the game. The Suns were outscored 30-14 to 14 in the first quarter. I think that, that was one of the biggest factors uh, near the end. Uh, they did shoot better than the Lakers uh, from the field and from three. Uh, from from the field, they shot at 53%, and from three, they shot at 44%. Uh, however, the Lakers had the, had the advantage at the free throw line with 32 shots over 32 shots from there. So that's 32 extra points. And uh, they uh, had the advantage on the boards as well with 14 offensive rebounds. The Suns would also, sorry, the Lakers would also force 11 turnovers and 15, sorry, 15 turnovers and 11 steals. So um, even without LeBron, they're a team that can strike. I didn't really count them out. I know a lot of other people, you know, they want to just, you know, they talk, you know, but I don't listen too much to that. You got to. You got to look at it for what it is. It's progress. It's results. The Lakers get it done. Let's look at the standings real quick. Let's breeze through these. The Sixers, uh, of course, clinched their playoff spot. 47-21, uh, they're riding an eight-game winning streak. Dangerous team going to the playoffs, motivated. Uh, they have some chips on their shoulders. I know they do. Uh, going to number two, we have the Nets here, 44-24. and 24. They're uh, three games back. Uh, next at number three, we have the Bucks, 43-24. and 24. Three and a half games back. They are eight and two in the last ten. Of course, we have the Knicks here at the fourth spot, 38 and 30. At the fifth spot, we have the Hawks at 35, sorry, 37 and 31, as well as the Heat at the sixth spot. Uh, we also have the Celtics here, like I said, falling off the rails. They were at least in the top three in the beginning of the season, if not top four. Now they're 35 and 33 at the seventh spot. Eight at number eight, we have the Hornets here, 33 and 35. We have the Wizards. And the course, the Pacers here at the bottom, 9 and 10, 33, sorry, 32 and 36 for the Wizards, 31 and 36 is a record for the Pacers. Moving to the Western Conference, of course, we have the Jazz here. They are 50 and 18, uh, riding a five-game winning streak. I do not think they lit up. They're going to win this conference, at least in the regular season, uh, at least with the best, you know what I mean, get the best record. Uh, the Suns here, 48 and 22 games back. They are 6 and 4 in their last 10. They did take that blowout loss to the Lakers. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, it's just one of those nights, you know, it happens. The Clippers, uh, they are five games back at 45 and 23. We have the Nuggets here at 44 and 24. We have the Mavericks here, 40 and 28. They're riding a four game winning streak right behind them. A team riding a winning streak as well, my Blazers. 38 and 29. They're seven and three in their last ten. They've won three games in a row. Um, again, they blew out the Spurs uh, the night before. Dame comes up with 30 points. Uh, you got CJ with 26 points. Uh, Norman Powell just showed up in that game with about 18. So uh, we seem to be 
seem to be firing as well as we can. Um, we had some solid wins. Of course, we even beat the Lakers a, f a couple days before that, at least a day before that. So, again, um, and we look at how hot the Lakers are. So, uh, well, at least how dominant that win was last night. So, we'll have to take a look. Uh, right behind, of course, speaking of the Lakers, they're right behind us at 38-30. and 30. Uh, Right behind them, well, a few games behind them is the Warriors, 35-33 and 33 with the MVP candidate, of course. Uh, we have the Grizzly here, Grizzlies here at 34-33. and 33, And at the bottom, we have the Spurs here at 32-35. and 35. All right, y'all. We are going to make a, trick, a quick transition on to some uh, baseball action. Let's get into it. First things first, uh, one of the big stories over from over the week, the past week, is Albert Pujols. He is done with the Angels. Um, or maybe he might have been, I mean, maybe he might be close to retiring. Uh, the Angels have decided to uh, put uh, the eventual Hall of Famer out to pasture, placing him on assignment. Now, what this means in baseball terms is that, you know, he has been removed from the 40-man roster, which is pretty much the roster that plays, you know, the regular games and in the playoffs, of course, yada, yada, yada. Within seven days, he can either be traded to another team or placed on outright waivers. Um, he can then be picked up by another team, um, and waivers pretty much means he's been released. Uh, he could then be picked up by another team, and people could be saying this could be the Cardinals, maybe one last stint, you know, to help them out, which would be a cool thing when one last World Series, if he's Especially if he's productive, he could be a part of it, and uh, he can also be given some minor league contract. Uh, sorry, minor league options if he has not, like I said, has not been outright released, and he has some in left in his contract. And minor league options, you know, like of course that would mean he would play uh, somewhere in AAA for a little while and see how he feels and go from there. And again, he might not have that option, you know, anymore in his contract. Anyways, I don't know how his contract works outside of you know. He signed it ten, almost 10 years ago for $253 million. That's the big thing you need to worry about. <laughs> At least he needs to worry about. This contract uh, also included 10 years of personal services to the club after his uh, retirement. Now, I don't know what that means. Maybe he's a, you know, um, executive if he, you know, has, you know, I don't know if he has the background for it or maybe he's a scout for them, something like that. Uh, maybe he's an ambassador to the team in some type of way, you know, all that. And uh, this is a quote uh, coming from, uh, the GM Perry uh, uh, Manassian, he went on to say, there's never a right time for something like this. Obviously, I have all the respect in the world for the type of player he is. Uh, this is more about playing time and who we have. Um, and uh, the team uh, wants to go with Jared Walsh at that first base position. Um, he actually came up clutch this weekend uh, with a two-run RBI that, that sealed, to, sealed the deal uh, in their win versus the Dodgers. So I totally get it. Uh, he seems to be emerging. I don't know all his you know career stats just yet, but I just kind of know what he's done as of recently. So he seems to be on that trajectory and I could see why somebody would want him. Um, and at that, and with that being said, Albert Pujols has been in the league since 1999, and he is now 41 years old. Now, again, age ain't nothing for a number, especially in baseball. People play baseball for a relatively long period of time. Sports in general, you can still do it to some extent. So um, I'm not saying he's done, uh, but he did. His numbers have dipped. Of course, his production has gone down with anybody else. 
Um, now Pujols is a leader of all, in, well, in terms of active players uh, in the in Major League Baseball with uh, home runs, 667 of them to be exact. He's actually fifth all time in that department. Uh, he's also had he also has over 2,000 RBIs, over 3,000 hits, and he also has played in over 2,800 games. Uh, you now he's drafted in the, by the Cardinals, like I said in 1999, um, and he would help the team to get to three World Series. Of course. He, they won those. Uh, he was a 2001 uh, NL Rookie of the Year. He was also the MVP of the National League in 2005 and also back-to-back -back between 2008 and 2009. Um, he eventually left St. Louis in 2010 after signing a deal with the Cardinals. Uh, he was second, sorry, he was second in St. Louis all-time in home runs uh, with 445 and also offensive percentage. Uh, so pretty much a 1.037 there and oh, oh I'm sorry OPS what is OPS on on base plus slugging it's an offensive stat that's why I call it his offensive stat there uh, Mark McGuire was actually slightly better than him with a 1.11 uh, this is uh, in his time in LA. He would have 222 home runs, 783 RBIs, and he would have a seven point sorry point seven five OPS. So you do kind of see where you know things had kind of fallen off just a little bit in the same amount of time. Uh, so let's take a look at all this stuff. Uh, oh, actually, there's a couple more things I wanted to go through. Um, quick injury report, real quick. Uh, Jacob Degrom he was scheduled to make Sunday start. Uh, now he had been out due to inflammation in his right lateral muscle. He did return, but he actually was pulled out of that game. Things didn't go so well, so he will be placed back on the IL. Uh, Carlos Carrasco uh, for the Mets. He'll also be out on the 60-day IL with a torn right hamstring. Damn. Uh, the Mets that ain't looking too good, especially with that winning streak they've been having recently. Uh, for the uh, for the Twins, they'll be missing center fielder Byron Buxton. He suffered a hip uh, hip strain um, in the loss to the Rangers last week. His timetable has not been given uh, for his return. Has not been given. He'll be out for a while. It looks like uh, for the Yankees, they'll be missing out on Gio Urshela at the third base. He recently had a positive MRI on his right knee, uh, but he also got hurt. Um, as well he's been listening as day-to-day -day. Um, so he'll be back uh, I think sometime this week but again day-to-day -day means you know if he's feeling it he'll play if he ain't feeling it too hard he may or may not play uh, for the Blue Jays uh, they'll be missing out on George Springer from the outfield uh, he sprained his uh, sorry, strained his right quad uh, he's on a 10-day injury list um, he has missed most of April and uh, we have a lot of um, we have a lot of injuries for the Angels here. Anthony Rendon is going to be out. Uh, left knee contusion, 10-day injury list. Uh, damn. Uh, outfielder Justin Upton, same injury, knee contusion. Uh, he's listed as day-to-day. -day. So, like I said, if he's feeling it, he'll play. If he's not feeling it, he may or may not play. Uh, pitcher Felix Fernandez, uh, he hurt his hamstring. He'll, he will return soon. Pitcher Chris Rodriguez, he's out with shoulder, shoulder irritation, 10-day minimum. Uh, we also have Max Stacy here to catch her. He's on a seven-day protocol for a concussion. He was hit with a fly ball last weekend, actually last week on uh, Tampa uh, versus Tampa. So he should be coming, up, coming back between today and tomorrow. Look out for that. Let's take a look at the scores from yesterday. Mother's Day, of course. Happy belated Mother's Day to the mothers out there. Let's go. And the Red Sox get it done against the Cardinals, 4-3. to The Nationals, uh, they get it done against the Yankees, 
uh, the final score here. Actually, no. The, the Yankees getting done against the Nationals. Final score here, 3-2. The Nationals are now 13-17. and 17. The Yankees are 18-16 and 16 for the Yankees. Labor Torres at the shortstop spot will get a, a home run. Uh, also, uh, getting Carlos Stanton and also Aaron Hicks with uh, driving runs as well. And for the Nationals, Kyle Schwarber would hit a two would hit a two run home run, and that was pretty much it for them. Yeah, that's all you got. Diamondbacks, uh, they come up short against the Mets, two to four. Uh, we have the Astros getting it done against the Blue Jays, seven to four was the final score. Uh, Eighteen and six is the Astros' current record. The Blue Jays are seventeen and six. In this one, the Astros were led by Altuve and Kyle Tucker, who both hit home runs. Uh, we also got Ryan Presley getting the save. Uh, that was actually his fifth of the year. Uh, he's currently rocking a 1.8 ERA on the year. Uh, for Tucker, that solo home run for him did drive in three runs, by the way. For the Blue Jays, Rudy Tellez at the first base spot, uh, he would hit a two-run home run. Actually, he would hit a home run, excuse me, uh, but that'll be about it. Uh, we got uh, pitcher Nate uh, Pearson. He takes the L for the Blue Jays. He's currently, well, that was his first loss on the year. He only would go for two innings, giving up four hits. He would also give up three runs. They pulled him pretty quick, and they strapped him with the L. Uh, moving to uh, the NL, uh, we have the Marlins getting it done against the Brewers, two to ten. It took about ten innings. It took ten innings to do it, but the Marlins out there in Miami get it done. The Chicago White Sox get it done against the Royals, nine to three. The Cardinals get it done against the Rockies, two zip. The Cubs get it done against the Pirates, six to five. Uh, we have the Dodgers, like I said. Uh, sorry, yes, the Dodgers taking the L here to the Angels, two to one. The Dodgers are eighteen and seventeen on the year. The Angels are fifteen and eighteen. Um, and like I said, for like I said for the Angels, two out double by first baseman, uh, two out two run double. By first baseman Jared Walsh, that was that was the, you know, that's what did it. And as far as um, you know, what got them to win as well, right? Sally Gracias, he's given the save in that one. Uh, that's his fifth of the year. The A's do come up short against the Rays, six to three. Uh, also, we got the win. We got a win here by the Giants. Uh, sorry, a loss here by the Giants. They get blown out by the Padres, eleven to one. The Padres move to nineteen and sixteen. The Dodgers, sorry, the Giants are twenty and fourteen. For the Padres, 16 hits from them. Uh, Jake Cronenworth, the second baseman, and Fernando Tatis Jr. hit two run home runs. For uh, the Giants, uh, Brandy Crawford, he gets a he gets a home he gets a home run. That's about it. Um, yeah, they were one for eight with runners in scoring position. That's it. Not not gonna get it done. And finally, the Braves get it done against the Phillies. Six to one was the final score there. Let's take a look at the standings in the American the American League East. The Red Sox are on top, twenty-two to thirteen. Uh, twenty-two to thirteen is their record. Uh, the Yankees are eighteen and sixteen, three and a half games back. The Rays are nineteen and six, three and a half games back. The Blue Jays are seventeen and six, four games back. The Orioles are fifteen and nineteen, six and a half games back. I don't want to. I don't want to say that they're out of the race now, but I don't think they're going to improve so much as we go on. Going to the Central, the White Sox are on top, 19 and 13 is their current record. Uh, at the number two spot, we have the Indians, 18 and four, just the one game back. The Royals are 16 and 17, three games back. The Twins are tw uh, 12 and 20, excuse me, seven games back. And uh, the Tigers, way out of it, at least looks like to me, 10 and 24, 10 games back. Going to the Western Division, uh, we have the A's on top, 21 and 15, 
still solid, still solid. Uh, the Astros are 18 and 16, just two games back. The Mariners are 18 and 17, two and a half games back. Uh, the Astros are 18 and 16. I mean, this is going to be really close. I think even with the Mariners, I don't think the Mariners fall off this year. Something about the Mariners makes me feel like they're going to be in the mix. I don't know why. The Rangers are at 518 and 18, three games back, and the Mariners are 15 and 18, four and a half games back. Um, with the way that the Angels played last weekend, I think they're also going to be in the divisional race as well. This this is not over. This is definitely not going to be. This is nowhere near over in the ALS. Uh, the National League in the East, this is also a division where I don't feel like it's all the way over as well. Uh, it's never going to be over until the end. Uh, the Mets are currently the first for the number one team here, 16-13. Uh, we have the Phillies here, 18-17, and 17, just a game back from them. We do have the Braves here at six, Braves here at 17-17, a one-and-a-half game back. Um, the Marlins are 15-18, and 18, three games back, and the Nationals are three-and-a-half games back at 13-17. and 17. So the teams are relatively close to each other. There's some parity here, yet yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, going to the Central, we have the Cardinals here, of course, 21-14. and 14. The Brewers are 19-16, and 16, two games behind that. The Cardinals are three-and-a-half games behind them, well, behind the Cardinals at 17-17. Uh, and 17. The Reds are 15-16 and 16 at four games back, and the Pirates are six games back with a 14-19 and 19 record. Moving on to the West, we have the Giants here at 20 and 14. We have the Padres here at 19 and 16, just one and a half games back. We have the Dodgers, sorry, the Padres, yeah. So we have the Dodgers at 18 and 17, two and a half games back. The Diamondbacks at 15 and 19, five games back. And the Rockies, they're trash. Eight games back at 12 and 22. Nothing's going to change with them. They are boo boo. All right, y'all. And uh, one, one last thing before I let y'all go let's talk some boxing. All right, so Canelo, he unifies 168, and he looked pretty damn good doing it, okay? So he goes in there. He's now 56-1, 38 KOs, of course. Uh, he got the W via TKO uh, versus Billy Joe Saunders out of Great Britain. Uh, he's now 30-1 with 14 KOs. Uh, like I said, Canelo unified the WBA, WBC, and WBO titles in the super middleweight division. Now, Canelo was leading on the cards as well. Uh, on two cards, he was up 78 to 74. And then on another card, he was up 70, 77 to 75, which is a four rounds to three advantage because, well, it was an interesting fight because your boy Saunders was making a comeback. He was making it interesting. He had a rally for pretty much three straight rounds. But Canelo caught him with an uppercut that just, man, fucked this shit up. All this, all this swelling. He didn't look good, and uh, he couldn't last but over a round. So, uh, ended up being some over-the-broom fractures. He's going to need some surgery. And Canelo, he, like I said, unifies the titles. He looks impressive, as impressive as ever. Record, at, uh, record attendance at Cowboy Stadium, by the way, with over 71,000 people. So, yeah, a lot of people saw it, I'm pretty sure. Pay-per-view, pay-per-view vibe. Paper pay per view buys did pretty good, uh, or streaming. However, they do it now. I don't even know. I, I you know, ah <laughs> uh, shit. This stuff is so modern nowadays. Um, I just I just looked at it on YouTube after the fight was over, so for free. So I waited like to the morning. 
the morning after. So that's what I do. <laughs> um, but the question is now for Canelo, what is next for him? Is he going to take on one of the, the Charlo brothers, Jamal or Tramiel? Maybe he could take on Demetrius Andre. Of course, Demetrius Andre was at the, the press conference and he was calling him out, all type of other stuff. I'm pretty sure Andre has been calling him out for a while. Um, I need to watch some more about Andre. I don't know really how solid he is. Um, he's a decent size. Um, he looks to have a decent, you know, height advantage, or at least, a, you know, yeah, height advantage for him. Um, he could move, uh, for Canelo, he could move up to light heavy, which would be 175. I think that actually will be natural for him. I don't see why not. He's already beaten somebody who was a top contender at 175, uh, Sergey Kovalev. Um, I don't see, well, yeah, like, I, I think, I think that could happen. Um, 175 would probably be his max. Um, and, but, I mean, I, but I don't, I don't know who's out there that could, he could draw a major fight with. That's the only thing about that. But, um, there's a few couple more fights that he can make. Like I said, he has both the Charlo, well, at least one, one of the Charlo brothers. He might end up fighting both of them, you know, just, just for the sake of it. Um, like I said, you do have Demetrius Andre. Um, but I, I'm not, outside of that, I'm not a hundred percent who's all there at 168 either. Um, but he could make a move to 175, but again, who, who's there that he could make a draw with? It's all about, you know, money fights and I get it. Uh, but he did fight three times, I, I think in this year. So, um, he is getting, you know, he's, he's getting his work in. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take away that. He's definitely improved since his Mayweather fight. He learned a lot since that fight. Mayweather put up a lot on him and taught him a lot. Y'all can say what you want. He, and it's almost like, it's like, it's a two-edged sword because I know he's great. I I, I don't know. Like if he retires, when he retires, what, what, I think if he could be all the, if he could be Andre and the Charlo brothers, Maybe make a move to 175. I could consider him all a real all-time great. I could consider him a great fighter, but I don't know if I could consider him an all-time great. Now, Win versus Mayweather would have done that for me, but Mayweather made him look really green, and he was already like 40-something fights in. And you can sit there and say, well, he was in all that when he fought Mayweather, but it's your 40 fights in. If you're not, if you're not all that at 40 fights in, then who the fuck you been fighting? You know, forty plus fights, just like, just like you know, with with Wilder when he fought Fury, I I thought the the level of competition was a lot was a lot was a, there was a disparity. Now Wilder has power, but obviously you know your boy Fury got skill. Y'all can say all the excuses you want. I don't I don't agree with that. I uh, mm -mm, I'm not gonna say that. Um, same thing here. You know, um, I think. Canelo looks great against who's who's the who's who of that's out here, um, but all those guys, all that. I mean, no, I'm not even gonna take away from it because again, these are the number one contenders, uh, number one challengers. You got you know um, Billy Joe, you know he was a title holder. Again, he had the WBO belt, so I'm not gonna take too much from him. Uh, but again, it just goes to show you just how just how raw Mayweather is. And speaking of which. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do it for y'all, especially with him in this new fight with uh, Jake Paul. He's supposed to be doing. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing a video on why people hate Floyd Mayweather. By the way, just it just made me think because, um, wow, yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now. Now don't get me wrong, Canelo is a great fighter right now, but that one loss we're gonna always remember who gave it to him and how 
that looked on him on his part. Cause I, I mean, again, um, yeah, I, I goddamn like that just speaks to Floyd's greatness. <laughs> the more, the more Canelo, the more Canelo. It's like, it's like uh, in college football. It's like I know my college football fans get this, get this analogy right, where like um, you know, especially you know where. You know, because these teams, these ranked teams, they play each other, right? Or they'll, they'll, you know, they play each other. So the ranked team, they'll take a loss, right? And they go, well, you know, the voters, you know, especially when it comes to the bias, top 25, we already know how the AP does this. Well, they took a loss to a ranked team, right? And, you know, as, as okay, you take a loss, right? Let's say, for instance, you know, you lose, you lose at some point in the season, and that team you lose to, Oh, you know what? Forget the point. I lost the point. I'll get to that point later. Bottom line is, bottom line is, the more Canelo looks dominant in these fights, the more that that Floyd, that Floyd beatdown that he gave him, that Floyd Mayweather beatdown that he received, um, rings true to me, and that makes Floyd look even more greater <laughs> to me. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Well, my college football fans, y'all get my point. You know, you take that L, and then. Um, you know, the team that you lose to is suddenly hella raw. So it makes that loss look, you know, pretty good, right? <laughs> so, you know, Mayweather, you know, Canelo winning and beating all these guys makes Mayweather's win look super impressive. Y'all can say what you want. Because <laughs> he beat the fuck out of Canelo. Every time I think about Canelo, I think about that loss. So it's like, I, I understand boxing and this is again this is one of my main things I want to go when I talk about when I get into this video especially about Floyd is I totally get you know about y'all you know excite you know value on exciting fights and about what excites you and it's like action packed y'all can sit there and say that and through it all everything that Canelo you know achieves in his career great but just but just as a boxing fan and understanding boxing as a sport, at least in my opinion, every time I look at his record, again, if he doesn't, unless he takes another loss, unless he takes another loss, every time I look at his record, I'm going to look at that one loss and I'm going to go back and watch it every time and just look at how he got his ass beat. I'm just going to think about it every time. That's And that's going to hold me back because Floyd is just that much elite. So it's like, how elite are you if you, yeah, yeah, y'all get my point. All right, y'all. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call a wrap for today. I didn't get into Aaron. I didn't get into Aaron Rodgers like I wanted to, but I will get into that pretty soon. There's a lot of drama going on there, especially dealing with Alan Adam Schefter and the NFL media in general. So we are gonna get into that. Uh, but I'm also working on the part two Republican City. So give me some time on that, and then in between that, uh, at least well before I do my Republican states, I'm gonna put out this Floyd Mayweather video for y'all because I think y'all need to. Y'all need to understand that this this man is 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 a is an all time great. I don't care what none of y'all say, especially now. Especially I have all the I have all my evidence now to to, to prove to y'all why Floyd Mayweather is one of the all time greats. Um, all right, y'all. I'm gonna call the rapper today. Uh, if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my Instagram, ljamah791, E-L-J-A-M-A-H-791. That's, uh, that's again, ljamah791, E-L-J-A-M-A-H-791. You can also follow me on my Facebook page, Never Out of Bounds. Uh, follow the Never Out of Bounds YouTube or, of course, subscribe. And, uh, yeah, I'm doing my thing, y'all. If I haven't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. Y'all have a good day.